You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. You don't have to say too much because most students have seen pictures or video of tornadoes, so really just the word <laughs> tends to spark some interest and, and make, make students' eyes go really big and, oh yeah, tornadoes. So it's, it's usually past experiences for individual students that I think when you just start talking about tornadoes in general, it, a lot of students have memories of times when they either had to, their parents told them to go into the basement because there was a tornado warning out, or um, they saw a video of a tornado or saw the impacts and the, and the devastation, the damage left behind a tornado when, when they were growing up. So then when you just start talking about it, it, it brings students back to these memories, and I think that's a big part of it. So I, I just try to foster that by kind of giving more recent examples because obviously a, a big thing in today's society is natural disaster impacts and whether that's fatalities or actual loss of stuff, right? Infrastructure, um, the, the physical devastation that these major events do, whether it's a hurricane or a big tornado. All, all of these different types of weather events, we have the ability as professional forecasters to get people out of harm's way ahead of time. And people don't always listen because they're not always perfect forecasts. But when you compare it to the rest of the world, we, we do a really good job. And it's the reason why, yeah, we have billion dollars to, billion dollar disasters because of weather and climate in the United States every year. But it's stuff. And in the end, stuff can be replaced. Mm -hmm. As a, and you know, one human loss is one too many in, a, in any weather event. But when you're talking about losing eight people in the 2013 floods here along the Front Range. When you're talking losing 30 people in the Carolinas from Hurricane Florence this year, compared to the Indian Asian monsoon killing more than 10,000 people over, over a season, and a Cat 5, what, would, what we call a hurricane, we call them typhoons out um, near uh, in the West Pacific, the, the a major kind of Cat 5 typhoon that kills 2,000 people over an island chain because they didn't have the proper notice that this was actually happening and, and they're in an island chain and the evacuation's just not set up and the government infrastructure isn't there to actually help people get out and give them that information. So, And then the recovery after bring, bringing in aid and, and having volunteers and, and rescue personnel to, to help get people out during during these events. So. It, it's easy to make fun of, of meteorologists and, and, and science in general oftentimes, but people, people don't realize that um, we're actually saving thousands upon thousands, if not millions of lives every year because of the structure we have in place here in a, in a nice wealthy country like the U.S. Can you tell me about some of the current events going on in weather right now? Yeah, sure. So obviously a lot of people have been talking about Hurricane Florence since that's been such a, a major event uh, over the eastern United States over the last couple of weeks um, and putting that in context with some of the other large-scale uh, weather disasters that have 
been hitting the United States over the last couple of years. It's kind of interesting because Florence was really devastating in terms of where it hit and kind of the, the location within the Atlantic Ocean that actually came and made landfall because uh, it's actually below active hurricane season this year. Sea surface temperature is a little, little bit cooler than average down in the tropics so we actually weren't expecting a crazy active season but this this little depression of thunderstorms that turned in, eventually turned into Florence actually kind of moved across the Atlantic a little further north in some warmer ocean temperature locations and, and still allowed it to become a Cat 4 right before it made landfall. So um, it was kind of an interesting event and might end up being one of our top 10 on record in terms of costliest disasters for the United States, unfortunately, because of all the big locations that it hit. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The death toll from Hurricane Michael continues to rise. The fast-moving storm killed at least 18 people as it crossed Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, and Virginia. The Category 4 hurricane was the most powerful to But this isn't just what you do here. You do a bit more. Yeah, so I, I'm not completely a tropical person. I actually do more with severe tornadic storms over the land, over the central plains, so Texas through the Dakotas, northern Colorado, even a little further east towards the Mississippi. And my professional research has kind of led me in that direction. My PhD was looking at storms that were making tornadoes and some cause and effect pieces of that. So I've been I've been tending to, to focus in on, on those kind of storms that are, are actually over the United States as opposed to hurricanes coming in from the Atlantic and, and affecting the coastlines. And um, I really enjoy that because a lot of meteorology students that, that come in to this field or come in as, as meteorology students, it's usually tornadoes and, and severe storms like that that got them interested when they were younger. And then when I'm teaching classes and, and trying to get non-science students engaged in the importance of science, they tend to be, their, their eyes mm -hmm. kind of get excited. You, you can see the glimmer in, in students' eyes and, and they get excited when you start talking about tornadoes and, and, the, and their impacts and thinking about how Mother Nature can actually produce these crazy, intense things for like five minutes at a time and then all of a sudden they're gone. And um, So I, I like incorporating um, I like incorporating the concept of tornadoes not only in my research but bringing that into my classrooms as well because it tends to engage students and, and get them going in, in my classes. My name is David Larrick and I'm an associate professor of meteorology. We do our best to have a lot of real application in our courses so that students that are coming in 100 level class, 200 level class, we're, we're always going to strive to make them glad they took the class because we're going we're gonna to be doing, we're going to be doing analysis and, and applying concepts from the course to real large-scale events that, that impact our daily lives so that students can see why this stuff is important. Um, but then in addition, in some of our upper level courses, we try to really give students hands-on experiences in, in getting them out of the classroom and into 
Mother Nature and, and seeing real time how, what Mother Nature can do. It's not just about being stuck in a classroom and looking at computer screens and maps mm -hmm. and, and satellite imagery all day. As cool as satellite imagery is, we, we want to get our students out of the classroom. So for students that want to come take a 100 level or 200 level and get their LAC6 done, we're always going to try to make that class fun and, and a good experience and showing them not just the, the importance of, of science and, and meteorology science in particular, but even non-meteorology students can take some of our upper-level courses where we go we go show them the world, essentially, and show, 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 them, show them weather in real time as opposed to just looking at pretty pictures.